Studio. We, are, we have a choice. We can either wake up in the morning and pollute the world with our energy or we can elevate the world with our energy. When we have gastrointestinal issues, insomnia, migraines, back pain, neck pain, fibromyalgia, autoimmune disease, these are all often the result of impermissible rage, guilt, fear, shame, and feelings of not being lovable or adequate. This is episode number 129 of the Inspiring Talk with New York Times best-selling author, Gabriel Bernstein. Welcome back inside yet another episode of the Inspiring Talk. My name is Bijay Gautam. I'm your host for this show. Each week, I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. feeling of unworthiness, where we feel that we are not worthy of love or abundance in life. This is one of the most deep-rooted feelings that a lot of us carry. Our today's guest, Gabby Bernstein, believes that this feeling is the result of the traumas of the past. It could be big trauma like abuse or smaller ones like someone's hurtful words. In today's episode, we discuss how you can deal with these traumas to lead a happy, joyful life. How you can finally be free from all the emotional baggage that has been pulling you down. We discuss about different kinds of traumas, how you can attract what you want in life, and how to safely handle the past trauma, and a lot more. Gabby is a New York Times bestselling author who have published nine books on the spiritual topics. She's an international speaker and spiritual guide. She was featured on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday as a next-generation thought leader. The New York Times identified her as a new role model. And there could have been no better person than Gabby to be having conversation about this topic. This is one of the most beautiful episodes you have heard on the Inspiring Talk. Let's begin. Gabby, thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's so nice to be with you, sweetheart. Thank you for having me. How are you feeling today? You know, um, I'm feeling quite overwhelmed and sad for the world, for our friends and brothers and sisters in the Ukraine, and for all the suffering in the world right now. I am hopeful and optimistic that where there is darkness that light can enter in. And I feel very mission-driven more than ever right now. And on those moments where, you know, you feel overwhelmed, whether that's something that's going on on your own life or something like this happening in the world, um, how do you, what is your sort of mechanism to feel better or get back to the grid? Yeah, I started my day in bed with a heart hold. I put my right hand on my heart and my left hand on my belly breathing in for two strokes like this, <sighs> out one, in for two, out for one, in for two, out for one. Actually, I'll back up. I started my day by checking my Instagram messages because I wanted to connect with a, a woman who I've met in Ukraine 
who's in Kiev and she's hiding in the bunkers. And I'm hoping to try to get her to the US if God willing, she gets to Poland and I can get her out. So I checked on Alexandra, which of course made me very anxious for her, for the whole situation. So then I went, and normally I wouldn't look at my phone before I meditate, but I did today because that was my first thought when I woke up was check on her. And then I um, started my meditation because I couldn't start my day with that level of anxiety because that's not good for me, for my son or for the work that I'm here to do, right? I have to really ground myself first so that I can support others. So I put my right hand on my heart and my left hand on my belly and I started a breath practice that really grounds me with breathing in for two strokes and out for one through your mouth. So in for two, out for one. That is something that really soothes me very quickly. Mm -hmm. And the heart hold is really profound for me because it gives me a sense of safety in my body. So I turned right to that. Is it possible for people to feel the way they want to feel on a particular day? Yeah, I do believe that we have the power over how we feel. Our thoughts, our breath, our energy, our intentions dictate how our day will go. So if we are the kind of person that leans towards the negative, we're going to have a lot of negative experiences. But if we lean towards more optimistic belief systems and we feel and we lean into practices for grounding and practices for breath and practices for just in general, leaning into more joy and more connection and presence, the better our day will be. So we can actually dictate the energy that we feel and the energy that we extend. And I've often said that we are, we have a choice. We can either wake up in the morning and pollute the world with our energy or we can elevate the world with our energy. Yeah, and I think that begins with you trying to elevate yourself first, even though, you know, whatever emotions that you're waking up with, then, you know, just try to change that and uplift yourself. It always starts with you. We feel, many of us are feeling very powerless right now. We're faced with so much uncertainty. And the the way that we have power is to strengthen our inner presence of safety. In that seat of freedom and inner peace, we have a better vibration that we can give out to our children, to our loved ones, to the people across the globe that we may be inspired to help and serve and support financially or energetically. We have the capacity to elevate that power when we do the work to clean up all the presence of the blocks that are in the way of it. Yeah. Gabby, you talk a lot about alignment with the universe. What does alignment mm. with universe mean? And, and what's the language that universe understands? Well, the, the universe is always responding to us. The universe is always a yes for what we put out. So if we're putting out low vibration thoughts, negative beliefs, and we have no, no inkling for hope, then we're going to continue to receive back more of that kind of resistance. Whereas if we put out the vibration of optimism and seeking solutions and leaning towards joy, then we are going to begin to manifest more of that in our life. Now you might be thinking, okay, well, what about our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine who are suffering right now or any of the other people who are suffering throughout the world, particularly in this type of crisis? Well, this goes for them too. It may not be a moment in time where they can lean towards joy, but what it is, is a moment where they can lean into Mm -hmm. hope where they can stay focused. My, my direct messages to this young woman in the Ukraine and in, in Kiev right now are consistently back and forth saying, okay, 
listen to this binaural mm. music right now to ground yourself. Uh, say this prayer right now. Let's focus on the vision of me hugging you in the airport right now. Let's see that, let, you know, continue to trust and have hope and faith that you're going to get here. And so that, my, you know, if I can help that one person, I can help, that's, then, that's, then that's the greatest privilege of my life. But the, the, while that may seem like, oh my God, how could you even possibly focus on the good when you're in the midst of that kind of crisis? These little moments of hope are what actually can catapult somebody into a totally different energy that keeps them elevated, that keeps them alive, frankly, yeah. that keeps them alive. Yeah. It's that hope that keeps them alive. Yeah. One of the things that I, you know, I absolutely loved, I was reading your book and I love how you talk about the signs that, you know, you ask for the universe to show the signs and then mm -hmm. you are, it, it feels like you are almost mm -hmm. tapping into this and, you know, like literally asking the question and then boom, here you go. You have your answer in front of you, right? So how can people start sort of tapping into the power of universe? As you already said, right, you start changing your own energy and you start, you know, being mind, mindful of the thoughts and stuff like that. Is there anything else that you'd like to share uh, with people? Yeah. You know, our presence is our power. So when we ground our energy, whether it be through thoughts or prayers or meditation or breath or any of the, I've written nine books on these topics, right? So any of those methods in these books, what happens is, is that we start to get more connected to a state of presence. And as I write now in this ninth book, Happy Days, about trauma and recovering from trauma, this may not seem like a manifesting book. It may not seem like a book on how to connect to the universe, but it's actually my most spiritual book I've ever written because when we dismantle those programmed belief systems and fears from our past, we become present in this moment. And trauma is the inability to be present. And so when we're stuck in the loop of trauma, we are constantly fighting against our desires. We're constantly desiring something and putting it out to the universe. And then the fear-based belief systems are pulling us back. And then we're putting it out and then we're pulling us back and putting it out and pulling us back. But when we undo those belief systems from our past through the methods inside this book, that is when we begin to ground ourselves in the infinite capacity to be a super attractor. So I almost would say read happy days first and then read the universe has your back and super attractor because you want to clean up the mess before you start attracting into your life because you can attract things fast, but if you don't believe you're worthy of them, you won't be able to mm -hmm. keep them. And also, you know, one of the things that I have for the longest period of time battled myself and I see a lot of people battle with is the feeling of unworthiness, right? And uh, you talk about how it is deep rooted in unconscious pain that you might be going through it, right? So why do we have this feeling that we are not worthy of love or worthy of things in, in our life? Let me see if I can find this passage yeah. from the book. Worthiness. At first, it wasn't easy for me to face my past deep down, even though I didn't realize it at the time. What I was most afraid of was that I was unworthy of a life of happiness and peace. My formative experiences painted a worldview based on fear and separated me from the peace within. The feeling of unworthiness is buried deep. Most people can't even identify it. It took me over a decade. 
I once gave a talk in front of hundreds of spiritual entrepreneurs. These were people who had devoted their lives to personal growth and spiritual development, and they were committed to helping others do the same. They arrived at the event thinking that I was going to teach them methods for promoting their work or growing their spiritual business. They were wrong. They were in for something much more important. And I go on to share that my talk that day was all about worthiness and to teach them that that presence of worthiness was the superpower. And so we have this, and I write here, when I speak of worthiness, I'm not talking about being worthy of money or romance or career advancement. I'm talking about being worthy of Mm -hmm. love. And I share that what happens for all of us is underneath our patterns and our negative behavior or addictive activities is this deep-rooted feeling of being unworthy and unlovable. And we're always running, running, running from that feeling. It's the most impermissible feeling that we want to run from. It's the shame of that feeling and the fear of facing into it. And so that's why we build up all these patterns and coping mechanisms and way of, ways of pushing that feeling down. But as we start to phase into those feelings, and start to heal those stories and start to reprogram our brain to to have a new neural loop, that's when worthiness sets back in. It never left us. It was just, it was just triggered. It was just traumatized. It was, it was, it was told a different story. So we have to undo that old story in order to step into the worthiness that we are. And also I remember, you know, a lot of times, even though you have the things that you want, you are in constant fear. You know, when I look back, it, it turns out that a lot of that came from don't laugh too hard. You might have to cry. Don't be very happy. You know, something wrong might happen. Mm, yeah, it's a big one. Looking, we, I think that a lot of us, what we would do typically is minimize our desires because, or minimize our joy, because if we minimize our joy, then we don't have to be afraid of failure or not having it. But what if the only objective was to feel joy rather than get something or be something or do something? How could you fail? You can control that. That's how can you fail if every day you wake up and you say, I'm just going to, my only job is to lean towards Mm -hmm. joy. Beautiful. Um, So, you know, your book, as you mentioned, Happy Days is about how one can go from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace, right? So maybe, you know, we can begin. Uh, we're talking about the difference between, you know, you have created the difference between, you know, trauma with big T and, you know, trauma with small T. What are those and, you know, how how are these two different type of traumas? Yeah. So first of all, we're all traumatized, right? You're in India. You've lived through a really traumatic experience with COVID. In the U.S., we've experienced it. We're watching the news right now, watching what's happening in Ukraine. Every human being is traumatized in this moment. Some of us have historical trauma that, I believe we all have historical trauma, some of it more severe, like the trauma with a big T. An example of that would be sexual abuse or violence or growing up in an alcoholic home, uh, living through a crisis like what's happening, living through a war is definitely a big T trauma. There is also small T trauma, which is considered being bullied or uh, being told you're not good enough or told you're stupid or neglected. These small t traumas may seem like they're not that meaningful, but here in the United States, children are killing themselves regularly because they're being bullied in high school. So those are big t traumas that are often labeled as small t trauma, 
So we have to really take seriously and own and honor and respect our experiences as what they really are, which is trauma, and not be afraid to admit that because there's no more shame in that word anymore. I don't think that we can even even minimize it for a second at this stage and where we are as a humanity. We've, we've, we've really come to accept that we are living in traumatizing times. And beyond that, we've experienced trauma along the way. And there's so much shame wrapped up in the word trauma that so many people are so unwilling to yeah. face it. But when we begin to face into those truths of what that trauma mm-hmm. truly is, that is when we begin to open the door to invisible possibilities for strength and awakening. Like you said, one of the things is like there's a big shame attached to this. And I would love to read this line from your book. When we become brave enough to wonder what we are running from or fighting against, we begin to undo the pattern that keeps us stuck. What else stops us from healing other than shame? So shame, I think, is the shame and the feeling of being unworthy and unlovable are really there Mm. at the root. And those feelings are so impermissible that we may not even recognize that we have them. And so what blocks us from true healing is all of the ways that we've been protecting against those impermissible feelings. Because when we get safe enough to face into and work with and retrieve those childhood parts of ourselves that need that love and care from us, that's when we become safe in our internal Mm -hmm. system. But if we keep running, running, running from those feelings, because truly we have to run from them until we become safe enough to face them. And the running comes in the form of work addiction, love addiction, just just trying to prove yourself, uh, ways of, of avoiding sleeping, numbing out. We have all these ways of coping and pushing down those impermissible feelings. But as we start to heal and, and honor and respect those coping mechanisms, we can start to get closer to the deeper feelings. And I must tell at this moment, when I used to get on a meditation, I would meditate till the time when... I'm faced with this, some uncomfortable emotions that would start arising, some of the feelings that would start arising, which I was not prepared to face. And then I would just end the meditation because I I just didn't want to sit with that. And when I read your book and then I realized that's, you know, maybe I was running away from that. I think I should sit through this and I think I should just try and uncover this and see, you know, how can I probably, you know, I want to give you a suggestion of how you can do that Mm -hmm. safely. So I like to meditate with binaural Mm -hmm. music. And it's similar to a method I teach in my book, which is called EMDR, known as eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And EMDR is a practice of stimulating both hemispheres of the brain. So the right, the left, the right, the left, back and forth. Whether it would be with a buzzer in either hand or a buzz in either ear. And if you're listening to this type of music, which I'll give you for your show notes for this show and also for you, the music has a tone in the right ear, a tone in the left ear, a tone in the right. And what that does is it opens up your brain to have a greater window of tolerance to reprocess the disturbed emotions that you've been afraid Mm. to face. So I would say while you meditate, play this Mm. music. Because when you get to the place in your meditation where that fear starts to come up or that discomfort shows up, you can feel very safe in that experience because the binaural music is stimulating the parts of your brain that can process it. Mm. So you don't have to be left alone with it. You can allow your brain to work on your behalf 
to help you reprocess those emotional disturbances. Doesn't mean you have to remember anything or face anything or confront anything. Truly, it just means you have to be present with those emotions while listening to that binaural music. And it will really greatly help you feel very, when you come out of that meditation, I want you to email me because I think you'll experience really great relief. Absolutely. And also just that awareness, as I mentioned, right? Just that awareness. Hey, you know what Gabby said that you got to face this and, you know, let me try sitting five extra minutes rather than just ending it right now. And I think it's, be careful with like, you know, forcing yourself to face anything, right? Because that's a gentle way to let yourself feel. But if we rip off the bandaid too Mm -hmm. fast and go too quickly into those impermissible feelings, we'll be catapulted right back into them. And so we can't, you know, these are feelings of, of if a child, for in my case of feeling, remembering abuse as a child, like I couldn't go there until I was truly ready yeah. to remember that, right? Some of us have buried these feelings so deeply that like in my case, we've dissociated from them. We've cut off our memory. We have no more recollection of them. So we have to do our part to really just ground ourselves. Um, so some of those, you know, traumas with small t, right? Some of the things like, you know, something somebody said, which might have had some impact when you were really, really young and you forgot to grow up. And then maybe, so what you were saying, Gabby, is it might be lingering around somewhere on your subconscious and, you know, oh, yeah. way. Oh yeah. You may be aware of the things that happened to you as a child, but then push them down so much that you don't see them, but you still recognize them in your body. And recognize them in the ways that you react to things and how you show up. When you say recognizing your body, uh, what do you mean? So we hide behind the body. Trauma hides behind the body. There's chapter four of the book is called Hiding Behind the Body. And so when we have gastrointestinal issues, insomnia, migraines, back pain, neck pain, fibromyalgia, autoimmune disease, these are all often the result of impermissible rage, guilt, fear, shame, and feelings of not being lovable or adequate. And so we are absolutely having a physical issue and we do need medical support and a proper diagnosis, but we also need a spiritual diagnosis. We need to look at what is the root cause condition behind this pain because the physical pain often is a stress response. It's a physical manifestation of of chronic stress, chronic hypervigilance, living in a state of fight or flight, And so when we live like that, we create inflammation in our body and it starts to create a lot of stagnation and ultimately disease. So we, of course, address the disease with an allopathic approach, but we have to also address it from a spiritual and psychological approach. And that really begins to take this ownership that our physical symptoms are psychosomatic and Mm -hmm. that we have to address the psychology and the experience of what we've been through so that we can release that response to stress that's so chronic and so harmful to our physical body. And that begins by just noticing, oh, wow, every time I'm stressed or afraid, my stomach goes into knots. Or every time I'm stressed and afraid, my back goes out. And just having that gentle awareness of these kinds of truths is the first step. Yeah. Our first step is awareness, being aware of like, hey, every time I feel... And non-judgmental awareness, you know, because we don't want to look at all these different experiences and be like, oh, I'm so horrible. I can't believe I'm still like this. Why am I not over this? No, we should be really proud of ourselves for being brave enough to wonder, which is that second chapter in the book. Because if we don't give ourselves permission to bravely and 
without judgment, look at these parts of ourselves that need support, how can we possibly heal? Mm. So if you are not aware and if you're not paying attention to this, and I would, I would love to, you know, read yet another line. I, I love this so much. When we push down our memories and unresolved traumas, we are never free from them. Instead, we relieve them on a daily basis. Yeah. Big one. Yeah. So the first step is awareness, um, where I'm now paying more attention to what's happening and what's going on. And what's the next step? I know that, you know, Gabby, by the way, talks about this in detail in the book, but, you know, maybe we can just condense that for the listeners who are listening and they can explore further on the book. Yeah. And I think in that awareness step, I mean, I'll take you through what the book offers, right? So you have this awareness step where you're going to really begin to look more closely at the patterns and what lives beneath them and how they are showing up in your life and all the storylines that you may have been carrying for decades. And then you begin to look at how that's affecting your body and your somatic experience. Then you're given methods for really soothing your body so that it, you become safer and safer in your internal system so that you can go deeper and recognize more. I give you practices like the one I gave you of the EMDR practice of beginning the journey of just settling your system so you can reprocess. Then we go into practices that are body-based. We go into practices that are based on the therapy, internal family systems therapy that I'm trained in, which is about bringing the, the parts of you that are trying so hard to protect you and avoid those feelings, bringing those parts of you back to safety so that they can settle down and stop running your life. <laughs> and, uh, and then really I get into the practice at the end of reparenting yourself, establishing a connection to your own internal parent and that internal parent begins to guide your path. Mm. That's beautiful. Um, okay, Gabby, I have my protect protective mechanisms in place. I have learned the way to deal with this all these years. Now, why should I go now and try and uncover those? Why should I now go and just go and dig deep into the trauma, which I don't even recall, which I don't even you know remember, which don't even seem to be uh, bothering me emotionally? Yeah, really good question. So you said I've dug deep, or no, you said I've got my managers and protectors in place and I don't need to, why would I want to touch into yeah. this? Because it's affecting you every single day, whether you realize it or not. My therapist once said to me that your trauma affects how you brush your teeth. Ooh. You are feeling it in your sleep with your TMJ, with your with your tension in your jaw. You're feeling it in your back. You're feeling it in your stomach. You're noticing it in all the ways that you react. Whenever your partner triggers you or if a work thing triggers you or if your child triggers you, you're constantly falling into that stress response. You don't feel that you have ease and grace in your life. That's why. That's and why. do you also think that we are constantly also experiencing the traumas on a day-to-day -day basis where we are trying to, you know, sort of resolve our childhood or the younger traumas? And here we are on an everyday basis, you know, we are constantly interacting with people and... Reliving it. Yeah. We do, we relive it in every situation. So just as an example, like I felt very out of control as a child. So when I was living with unresolved trauma, anytime I felt out of control, I would flip out. I would scream. I would have a tantrum because I would do everything I could to try to control so I wouldn't feel unsafe. Now, when I feel out of control, I self-regulate. I speak compassionately to myself. I ask for help. I let people in on the process. And I just, I just move through it with grace. It's a very different way of living. Yeah, absolutely. And once you have dealt with your traumas and made peace with them, what happens on the other side of it? 
So that's where I am now. I'm on the other side. I feel grounded. I feel steady. I feel so, so strong. And I can very easily tap into my presence. I can have a felt sense of what it means to really experience life and relax and enjoy the moments and taste my food and connect and my heart open to my kitten, my heart open to my son, my husband, to really be there energetically for thousands of people that I don't even know or millions of people that I don't even know through my my books and through my prayers and through my videos that I have the opportunity to be a vibrational extension of love to the world in a way that I couldn't even before, even when I was having an impact, the impact is so much stronger because there's a resonance that's even more connected. Mm. And one of the things that, you know, I have started realizing a lot is, which we have sort of discussed is every single thing, every sort of reaction uh, or some sort of behavior that I would sort of show or put it out there. And then when I started asking myself on those, like, I'll, I'll take the example. And this is like very, very re- recent realization that I have, that I had, right? So I realized that like internally, I'm a very kind person. And I don't think of, you know, I, I don't want harm for anyone and so on and so forth. But normally in my words with the people who are close to me, I tend not to use the same level of kindness with my words. It's not because I'm not a kind person. It's not because, you know, and then I realized that, hey, you know what? And, you know, that awareness started sort of changing how I started sort of communicating with, you know, people really close, like maybe the team members or maybe, you know, uh, people in a close network. Um, Yeah. The closer people are to you, the more they can trigger you. mm -hmm. And we also attract people into our life that are often a reflection of what we need to heal. Big one, right? Yeah. I, I love that one. Well... The people in our life often can reveal to us the shadow sides of who we are because when we have unresolved wounds, we will be a magnet for the folks that can activate those unresolved wounds. Mm -hmm. We we connect to and lean into habitual patterns of that will reiterate the feeling of the initial wound. And so until we really resolve that initial wound. We can't be completely present and in true freedom and joy in those relationships because we're living constantly in the activated state of protecting against that wound being triggered over and over and over again. What you're saying is, if someone who's listening to this is asking themselves, why is it that every single time I attract this other person in the relationship who is broken, who has this you know, unresolved thing, are you saying that it's highly likely that you have something broken and you have something that needs your attention and that needs That's right. So your incomplete parts meet someone else's incomplete parts to seek wholeness. And that is actually just going to be constant triggers, right? So it's like, if they're not completing you that day, then you're triggered. You know, if they're not giving you what you need in that moment, then they're triggered. And it's a constant uh, game of hot potato, you know, throwing it back and forth, back and forth of the trigger reactions and the shame reactions and the activation. So that's why personal growth work is mandatory. If you want to live a happy and wholehearted, joyful life, mm-hmm. have to get to this kind of work. You need to get, get to the freedom. How do you define freedom, Abby? Freedom for me is waking up every day without anxiety. Freedom for me is the ability to be present in my body, in my emotions, 
to be so present with you here right now to really take you in and experience you and experience that kindness that you referred to because I am experiencing it truly right now. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, speak out of my head, but speak from my heart and to do, you know, to do less and attract more and to do a lot and be able to feel grace in the way. How do you be more present? Because we're constantly, and I, I read this quote recently, right? Where most of our thought is about the joy in the future. We are constantly wishing and hoping for the joy of the future, not, and in that we miss the joy of the present. Right, right? What's happening right now, exactly. How do you be more present? Well, Peter Levine, the trauma therapist, said that uh, trauma is the inability to be present. And so we become more present by healing our wounds from the past, period. You can do meditation, you can do mindful practices, all that works, all that is excellent. It's a beautiful way of moving forward in life. But we do need to face the dark corners of our past so that we can become free and present in this moment. Mm-hmm. We have to move through them. We have to bring those parts of us back to safety. We need to start looking inside. Awesome. So I have a couple more questions, Gabby. But for everyone who is listening, Gabby's ninth book, Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace is out now. And uh, it's a ninth book. And the book is already on New York Times bestseller list as we are recording this, where, as Gabby said, um, this is a guided path from your trauma on how you can uncover those trauma, how you are going to face them and to understand why we actually run. And how you can be brave enough to face them, sort of go in, you know, just go a little bit and, you know, uh, and then come back and maybe go a little deeper and then, right. uh, and until you completely sort of resolve them and, uh, and then how you can re- Well, yep. you know, you don't always completely resolve yeah. it all, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I still have therapy every day, every, I'm sorry, every week, every, not every day, every week, but I do practice my own practice of therapy on myself every day. So you're never fully recovered, but you're, you get to a place of safety and joy and presence. And then it's just about shining the crystal that is you. And that is my hope for my reader that they can do that. What inspires you, Gabby, to do everything that you do? You, my readers, the, the human condition, the suffering of others inspires me to go work more, write more, give more, share more, grow the message more. I want to help people. What would be your three piece of sort of advice for the people who have started having the awareness that I have something that needs to be healed, something that needs my attention? What would be your three piece of advice? Number one, pick up this book and practice the methods. I can say that with so much power and conviction that this book promises miracles if you're willing to do the work. That's number one. Number two, go slow. Take it slow. I wish you a slow recovery. And I mean that because the slower we go, the more it permeates in our system. And number three, uh, if you do the inner work, you can truly expect miracles. Gabby, imagine that you are standing on a stadium and this is the largest stadium that has ever been built in the history of the world. And there are millions and millions of people and they are eagerly and passionately waiting to listen to what you have to share but you've been only given one minute of your time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life. What would be your message? Become brave enough to release the protection mechanisms that are in the way 
of you exploring and getting to know the deeper parts of yourself, the child parts of yourself that deserve your care and your love and your compassion and your calmness and your creativity and your courage and help bring those child parts back to safety. Bring those child parts back to safety. Thank you so much, Gabby, for being on the show. It's been such a great pleasure in having you here. You're a very lovely interviewer and your energy and presence are extraordinary and it's so wonderful to be with you here. Thank you. Thank you, Gabby. That means a lot. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Inspiring Talk. You can find all the resources mentioned by visiting the show notes page at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash one, two, nine. If you loved this episode, do share this with people in your network and help me spread this information to a wider audience. It would mean a lot to me. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next. Now, go out there and do something inspiring. <laughs>